Hey you. Yes you, dear listener. It's me, future CJ. Uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit about what's going to happen for the future of Time Out podcast. We are starting to make our socials. We have a Facebook ready. We're going to make Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Armbook, Shoulderbook, MySpace, YourSpace, OurSpace. All right. All of those things, we're going to be start doing previews and stuff on Twitter at the moment. It's a postseason, so there's a constant movement of stuff. So over the off-season, we'll start doing more of those. Uh, yeah. Just let us know what you guys want us to do in the future in terms of, you know, branching out more than what we're doing with the podcast. If you enjoy it, if you want to know more, if you want to play games, just holler at us. Enjoy the podcast, guys. Welcome to the Time Out Podcast, guys. I am your host, CJ, and I am with... I'm Davian. And this week has been a phenomenal week in NBA history, Davian. We've had the Eastern Conference Finals starting and the Western Conference Finals starting with a very interesting team. Uh, That's... Fun. We're gonna get into that. I'm already get. I'm already smiling just just thinking about it. It's, it's gonna take a long time. Uh, but first, let's go over some casual NBA news. Uh, the MVP has been announced. It was Giannis. Big surprise. Yeah, I mean, we said from before, like once he won the Defensive Player of the Year, he kind of looked like it was gonna happen. Like we have been talking about him like he's been the MVP for about three or four weeks. Like, yeah. It- it was pretty much kind of set in stone, pretty really. Pretty much, yeah. Like, well, you looked at where the Bucks finished, and obviously how good he was on both sides of the court. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of, it was kind of obvious it was going there. He kind of, he made a, he made, he was like a better version of himself than last year, and last yeah. year he was MVP. But this year, this year you had LeBron James on his on his coattails, almost really. Yeah, uh, like it felt like. It felt like it would end up a lot more even than it did, but LeBron only ended up with how many votes? Sixteen out of the hundred and one. Sixteen votes. I'm assuming. I'm assuming Giannis had all the other ones. Or uh, did someone else get a first place vote? Did someone pick Harden or something? I'll have a look. I think or Westbrook. Got... <laughs> no, I'm very Westbrook. I'm not. Oh, that's true. Um, but no. Uh, yeah, LeBron only had sixteen votes. So I thought it was going to be. A lot closer than that, considering the kind of season LeBron had. The number one team in the West led all led led the league in assists. So to confirm, um, Giannis got eighty-five first place votes. LeBron got sixteen. Mm-hmm. No one else got a first place vote. Okay, okay, okay. There's no rogue first place vote. Okay. At least that was it. But LeBron was pretty pissed that he only got 16 votes, didn't he? Yeah. So he uh, he did his interview after game one, where he basically huh? said that he understands that Giannis is MVP and he's not going to try to take that away from him, but he couldn't believe that out of the 101 voters, only 16 gave him first place. Yeah, really- I, can, I can see the issue with that. Like, Giannis deserved the MVP, but so did LeBron, and yeah. more so than 16 first-place votes. Like, I think in his mind he was just saying... Okay, he's MVP, but he wasn't runaway with it. Like, like no, it was. Right yeah, it wasn't a runaway. Like he was, it was right there. What, I watched Max Kellerman and Stephen A talk about this, and they both said that they voted 
LeBron. And what I really like is after LeBron being pissed off about it, is that all the analysts are all like, well, I voted for LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did. I'm not... Who voted? (laughs) Really? Max voted Giannis. We know Max voted Giannis. No, 100%. He didn't vote LeBron. He didn't. But along with that, we also got all NBA teams, Davian. So you got your all... You got your... all NBA first team, which is Giannis, obviously got a hundred first, got a hundred all first team votes. So did LeBron. So they're both unanimously in the All NBA team. Uh, then you had James Harden, uh, Anthony Davis, and Luka Doncic. Uh, Luka making his first All NBA appearance, and he's in the first team. Amazing yep. stuff, and it wasn't. He got a lot of second place votes. It was actually, it wasn't actually even close. Wasn't even close. <laughs> it wasn't even close. He got like 20 more first place points than uh, Kawhi. So, who's the leading vote getter in their second team? So, you know, good. I feel like that's standard. I, I can make trials and tribulations for James Harden, but he did, was he, he won the scoring title this season, didn't he? Yeah. But on, I just want to go back to we can I can actually um because it's after we've actually got who exactly voted for LeBron. Oh, because oh, okay. they've released who, who so, voted LeBron. So because it's now after the MVP, all uh-huh. the ballots, all the media ballots are released. You you say the names and so, I I say I'll say what I feel about them. So currently we've got Greg Anthony voted for LeBron. Okay, good. Uh, okay. Rick Boucher like voted for LeBron. Uh-huh. Um, Joe Cowley for the Chicago Sun Times. Mm-hmm. Um, Ahmed El Hassan from ESPN. Uh-huh. Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports. Ooh, like Mark, Chris Haynes. Mark Jackson from ESPN. Mark Jackson, wow, cool, nice one. Mark Jones. Mm-hmm. Diego Martinez from Reforma. Uh-huh. Dave McManaman from from ESPN, Mark Medina from USA Today, uh-huh. Tim Reynolds, like Tim Ra- Reynolds, Ramona Shelburne, uh-huh. um, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Stephen A. There we go. Uh, Miriam Swanson from SoCal News Group and Gary Washburn from Boston Globe. So not Max Kellerman then. <laughs> I don't think I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Even the list of people that can vote. Was he not? No. So we've got like Ernie Johnson, um, Shams. Yeah, there's no. He's not on the list of people. Oh, he's not even in the list. Oh, he must have said he would have voted LeBron. That's easy. You could always say that, but he totally would have voted Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't. But um, yeah. So basically, out of the 16 people, everyone voted. Giannis. Yeah, let's honestly Ernie, Ernie Johnson voted. He voted Giannis, LeBron, James Harden, then Kawhi and Anthony Davis. What did Stephen A vote? Stephen A voted LeBron, Giannis, J- Harden, Doncic, and then Anthony Davis. I respect that. Okay, right. So let's go into the All NBA second team then. So you got Kawhi. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. Nikola Jokic. Great, good. Uh, arguably having the uh, if it, if the postseason had all NBA team he would be oh, in the first team. Uh, Dame Lillard, nice. 
cool. This was before the bubble as well. So yeah. like, they did all the voting before the bubble even started. Chris Paul, well-deserved. And Pascal Siakam, deserved for the second team, I suppose. Yeah. I accept that. Um, and then All-NBA third team, Jason Tatum. Well, yeah, great. Uh, I think this is his first All-NBA selection, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler, yeah, great. Can't argue with that. Rudy Gobert, I have quarrels with. I have quarrels with that. Uh, ben Simmons, which is also his first All-NBA career selection. And Russell Westbrook with his ninth All-NBA career selection. Um, some notable players to mention who got a lot of, quite a few votes. Chris Middleton ended up with a lot of 13 votes. He had 52 votes and was actually... Oh, it doesn't actually say how many points away. But he's quite a few points away from the third team, but he's probably the closest. Paul George and Ingram got, like, like you know, a few votes, but nothing too drastic. Joel Embiid ended up with a lot of votes, especially third team. Um, and I probably would have taken... And Bam, to be fair, uh, I'd take both of them above whatever Rudy Gobert did. Uh, and guards didn't really get much love in all fairness Bradley Beal Kyle Lowry uh, and then it you know Bradley Bradley Beal was very upset about that I I don't I mean out of all guards how are all guards doing I mean ooh ooh he almost he would have almost beat out Russell Westbrook I think no 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 he's quite a few ones away but I can I can see his mean I can see I can see it. But I mean, if you look at the team that he was on and the record that they had, it's like yeah, but it's kind of dead. That being be MVP discussion, where you look at the most valuable, but this is in terms of directly, like he's achieving thirty point thirty point five points a game. But I mean, this is the problem with this kind of voting, though. It's up to whoever's voting. And with so many different points of view on what you should be voting for, like Stephen A could be saying, oh, but his team, so he's putting up empty numbers. Like That's like saying Zach Levine should have gotten votes. You know? I think if you're second in, if you're second in points per game and you're, only, and you're only second to James Harden, I feel like you have... And you don't make an all. Even if you made third team, like I feel like with that output he was doing, even with the team, I feel like because it's an individual award. If I was Bradley Bill, I would be pissed. Uh, and- well, okay, right. We'll name the guards that all got more votes than him, and you tell me if he did better than them: James Harden and Luka Doncic. No, no. Uh, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul. No. All right, this one's going to be interesting then. Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. Yes. Which one and why? Arguably both. Arguably both, okay. Like, definitely Ben Simmons. Really? Yeah. Because I, I think there's more of an argument with Russell Westbrook than there is. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm arguing both. I'm just saying that. Although, like... to be fair, Russell Westbrook, I believe, has played better this season than he's ever had. Not statistically-wise, but just in terms of, you know, his strategy for the games and stuff. What, and what I'd say know, is, I'd say, I'm not saying that Bradley Beal should 100% be in. I'm just saying that if I was him and had that season, I would be annoyed. I feel like it's one of them where 
I I would be the annoyed argument, too. The arguments there to be made that he deserves it. But this is Especially, like what it it could mean a a, a pay rise. It could mean yeah, you know some legendary recognition. But you know this is the all NBA teams, and there's always someone who's going to get you know kicked out, and you know just I think, you know, I think be part of, season. I think part of it for me is I feel like he probably didn't get as many votes as he deserved because I feel like he probably didn't get the, like his uh, performances probably didn't get the media attention that he deserved. Like he's playing on a, like not only is he playing on a bad team, he's playing on a bad team. That wasn't really getting any headlines. Like, I wouldn't say a bad team. Like they were in the playoff run, they got into the bubble, so like they weren't a bad team. But it was very clearly like they weren't going to win anything. I feel like uh, they were, they got into the ball. small market too. Yeah, it's a small market team, but they weren't getting many headlines. Like, I think the fact they got into the bubble would have been enough for me to say. When you look around what he had, like as a overall narrative and a whole overall story, you'd be like. Okay, he does deserve that, and he's had an amazing season. I mm. feel like when you compare that to Ben Simmons, and even when you look at the stats or look at how they played, and Ben Simmons' injuries all year, stuff like that, like I feel like Ben Simmons has the benefit of the fact that you know Philly are always in the news, always talked about the Philly markets, a market that everyone wants to talk about. So he will get them votes, and I feel like I feel like obviously you know these all NBA teams are it's always going to be personal opinion, it's always going to be what people prefer, but if I am Bradley Beal, I'm looking at that like, what more would I have to do? Like, if I am... Win more games. But it's, I think it's an individual award, and he's averaging 30 points a game. With Well, like, you could say it's an individual award, but it's still, it, like, team success applies to that, and it's applied to every award. Coach of the Year, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year... Your team's success also is dependent on that. All defensive, all NBA teams. It's that. It's that kind of thing. Uh, it, team success does matter to these voters. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I get that, but then would you say that Philly had was successful? Well, they made it into the playoffs to get swept in the first round. Like it would be the same time of like we didn't talk. Yeah, from but up until up until that point, the, these this. Voting happened before the bubble. Yeah, I know. And, and until that point, Philly still weren't having a great. Like they were they underachieving. Were, they, were, they were underachieving, but they were underachieving. Their underachieving was still better than what the Wizards were throwing out. I guess. So even 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 then, and you you got a point. They did have a lot of media coverage in terms of that and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like. Uh, was there adjustments being made? Um, ben Simmons weren't moved to power forward until the Bud Bowl or anything. But there was also all this talk of stuff going on before the bubble started about Philly really taking it on and then being better. So that could have added to that because just, you know, them being one of the favourite teams to actually, you know, get through, <laughs> through, which we know now is not true. But you know that could have played it, yeah. played it. I mean, but but you know they were. It's, what, not they were... That, it's not to say that he wasn't deserving of it. It's just one of those that Brandon Bill deserved it. A lot of people deserved it, but a lot of people don't win it. So you can just come back the next year and just try harder. 
I guess oh the only thing you can do you can't vote. <laughs> yeah, it's one of them. That, you can only play harder. It's one of them that when you look at it, like if I'm Bradley Bill, my response to that is how much more harder do I have to play than drop in the second most amount of points in a se- like in a season? You know, like consistent- oh first maybe uh, win more games maybe. But winning a game would be on the team, so it's like. And why is that a bad thing? Uh, the point would be like. He can only push him so much. Like he was dropping, even when he was having his career nights. Mm-hmm. The team was still losing. That wasn't, but yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. All like I think all of all the players that are on the all NBA team are on winning teams. He's one of those, you know, like... or at a winning record, and like they're players that you know have done a lot to win. Which is one thing why I'm not upset with Russell Westbrook's vote because he. Instead of being statistical like he was, like like you know uh, the st- put, putting up the stats, he played better and he played within a system and he learned and his X's and O's. He played better he, and his team did win. I think it's one of those that like when you look at these all NBA things, someone's always going to miss out and there's always going to be that headline. Oh, always, it's, always. It's just Bradley Beal. It's a case of, like, even with the MVP and with the, like, because these votes are made by people and they're made by journalists and the media, like, there is never an all-out, just like, okay, this is what you're looking for. This is, like, it's this or this. It's it's always personal preference and there's always different layers to it. Like, like a lot of, like, even, like, the Kobe White stuff, like, with the votes he was getting, like, a lot of people were like, well, that's just what happened with... So and like it's it's a lot of politics within it, and obviously I'm sure to some players these votes really don't mean much because they know the politics are there, and you know. But obviously, if it's in your contract and you know you can make more money from it, that's probably when it starts to affect you, and you're like, well, like you're affecting my future bags now. So like that's when it becomes a problem. I think it's it's not really that important, like <laughs> in the large scope of things. But when these players do get upset, you kind of do look at it and go, he had a point. Like, that's... No, he has a, he has a point. There's an argument that can that. be made. There's an argument that can be made, but there's no point making it because they've been picked. This is it. Carl Anthony Towns got a vote. Wow. Why? Yeah, he did. I think he got more than one. He might have got a few. I'm looking down. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm looking at the voters list for the All-NBA and I'm like, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's just... All oh. right. Wait. Anthony yeah. Davis can get votes for centre when he didn't... Wow. Okay, so they did it a bit differently this year. What they did was... Um, so, uh, players that played at different positions got votes for different positions. I can tell because LeBron's got a lot of votes for guard. A lot of votes for... Um, LeBron's forward. forward and guard, and then you've got AD. He's literally most of the centre picks... They did that with a lot of the. I think they did that with the defensive, like the all defensive teams as well. And like you know that, I'm just that like kind of stuff. A lot of Embiid, Gobert, <laughs> Jokic. Wow, this is. Yeah. So that 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 that's a bit not controversial. Enough, not enough Jimmy Butler. That's upsetting me. I know, but also, you know, it's first of the week. But, I mean, you know, like we said, playoffs, All-NBA. Or if playoffs had an All-NBA team, Jimmy Butler would be, you know, first team, probably. More than likely. Again, I, you'd have a hard time convincing me that he's not. I mean, 
his team were in the final in the conference final, so you know. Yes, they are. So love that segue, Davian. I, I, I do. I do. They are. They've played three games so far, and Miami lead this series three to one. Three to one. Now, no, sorry, two to one. <laughs> sorry, I'm, 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 I'm yeah, thinking yeah. towards Friday, Wednesday. I apologize. I'm thinking towards Wednesday. Um, so the Heat took the first two games, and then they recently lost the third game by eleven to the Celtics, which wasn't ever really in any doubt. Um, the first game was very, you know, Celtics uh, went down. Uh, they had a uh, Celtics were up, sorry, by a huge lead until, you know, that last cup, that last second half, and then the same thing happened in game two. Uh, game one ended in a overtime, excellent bam block. Oh my god, I loved it. Uh, that was incredible. Uh, it, one of the, if not one of. It was one of the best defensive players in NBA history. I like, in terms of in terms of what it meant, LeBron's block on Iguodala was better. But in terms of difficulty, Bam's block was so much harder. It's with his non-dominant hand. It's against a fully cocked dunk, ready for you know, Jason Tatum. The ball was in the cylinder. Yeah, Bam manages to block it. Without getting his hand on the ring, and without breaking his wrist somehow, because that looked incredible. Without, without you know, hyperextending his shoulder or anything like that, he said his two fingers were numb though. So, but that was such a good defensive play in game yeah. two, uh, game one. Sorry, uh, and just you know, that was such a good game, especially at the end. Uh, he, you know, Dragic was amazing, changing up the pace. Celtics just didn't really know what to do. And then in game two, Celtics again started off really well, but then Heat just that second half started off a bit weird, but then, you know, that it went into that zone defense and it just tore the Celtics offense apart. They just did not know how to deal with that until game three, where they dealt with it pretty well with the help of Gordon Hayward and going small ball. I mean, we were skipping over an important part there. Yeah, go on. At the end of game two, Boston was so upset that they literally had a team argument, shouting match. And then they had a meeting, which was very good for them. I feel like it would have ended either very good or very well for them, and it's ended very well for them. They won the next game. Marcus Smart was at the head of that, screaming and yelling at people. So after that game two, you know, for them, if they, they... Game three. Game three was must win because if they'd lost that, that, that was, arguments, mm. then there was I don't think there was going to be a bat for them there. But you know, like like Jimmy Butler said, now we get to find out what we're made of. I mean, yeah, this is... and that, that that quote makes me excited. <laughs> like I was already hyped for this seat for this for this um for this series because but uh, it's it's gonna come down to. Spo and Bradley Stevens and their games of adjustments and stuff. Yeah, because Bradley Stevens didn't really make many adjustments in first game or two, or the first two games. But then he made an adjustment. He had to because he was inserting Gordon Hayward in, and Spo made an adjustment in the middle of game two to the zone. Um, but I'm excited to see what the next game holds because they've had a lot longer, 
and the heat. And I know Coach Bo has something under his sleeve, and I know he's going to make some kind of adjustment, uh, probably to do with Duncan Robinson, because at the early start of Game 3, they were just attacking the man needlessly. Like, it was so... They were just attacking every possession that in the first in the first quarter. They were just attacking Duncan Robinson. And I felt so sorry for him. In the second half, he played a lot better defense. So, like, you know, was a bit respected a bit more. But he needs to... Duncan Robinson, this is his first playoffs. And he... That was a wide awakening for him, I think. Uh, Tyler Hero played really well. But the, obviously, the star of that game three was Gordon Hayward, who came back and really changed the game for Boston. But I expect the Miami Heat to make adjustments. And with the amount of time between games where they get to practice it too, it's gonna... Like, the first two games, I feel like, could have gone either way. Yeah. Boston could have won those games. They could be 3-0 up right now. But the Heat really showed out. Uh, Boston might have been a bit tired because they just went through a seven-game series. Um, so, you know, Miami Heat just beat them to it in the last... Literally, I, I feel like, hang on, I think there was a stat and it's like nearly like 80% of the time in these games, Boston are leading. Yeah. 80%. Yeah. And it's that last moment. That, so they could have, you know, could have won. So he kind of got away with those. You know, they've made good, good plays down the stretch. In game one, Jimmy Butler twice with a three-pointer and then a three-point play and then bam with the block. Any of those don't happen, the Heat lose. Also, if you didn't have a little sniper called Tyler Hero. Then... Tyler Hero, who came out in Game 3. I was getting to that. Tyler Hero scores a three-bucket. The Heat are down by five with one minute left to go. And then he just comes up and scores a three. The man has no... Doesn't care. He's, he's, he's a rookie. He doesn't look like a rookie. He has a confidence of Jimmy Butler. <laughs> He knows, and he played well in Game 3, along with Bam. And that's my secret to Game 4, Davian, because with Boston going small ball, there's not much they have to answer to Bam. And I feel like Coach Spo is going to end up going to Bam and Hero quite a bit more in the offense and maybe take Duncan off. He might even start Hero. I don't think he's going to, but I feel like that is an option that's going to happen. Could be. That'd be an interesting. I think this is where it really comes down to the coach. And I think, I think the benefit here, if you're a Miami Heat fan, is that you guys are either going to the finals, or your young, or the young team is going to learn exactly what they need to do to go over the line. Mm-hmm. So I think this, it is going to come down to the adjustments and how people are. And obviously, you've got two teams who are playing great basketball. Two teams who are, you know. Everything's going obviously a lot of the times it is coming down to these fourth quarter moments where the Heat are just outworking Boston. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what led to the They did it argument. again in game three. They did it again in game yeah. three. Like they were Boston were up by quite a lot, but still Heat managed to get it as close as five, I think. Yeah, so I think that's what really led to the argument for um for Boston because in their minds, they're the better team. In their minds, they've been here before. They know what to do. This is them. This should be them getting over the hurdle and finally getting to that finals. But they keep just coming up short. Like, there's like, 
And obviously, someone like Marcus Smart, you know, he's a good defender, hard worker, and obviously, I feel like the great defender. I feel like he was trying to get more from his team just in those key moments because when you're letting Tyler, if you let Tyler Hero leave him open, on the like, you know what he's going to do to you. Like, it doesn't matter if he's a rookie; he's hitting leads like he's a veteran. Like, it's I don't like Jimmy Butler isn't. Jimmy Butler isn't playing bad. He's not scoring, but he is not playing bad. He is a defensive animal, and he is not playing bad in this series at all. Well, when you look at Jimmy Butler's, especially game one, which I watched, when I watched game one, he did a lot of things that aren't good for the stat sheet. The amount of it's tip game passes, two as well. Game amount, two at the end with those steals. Yeah, the amount of tip passes and, you know, cutting out the passing yeah. lanes and really, like, making it hard for Boston when they would want to just... Boston just wanted to get to that, like, settled motion and, you know, slow to get in. He was like, nope, steals, easy buckets, fast break points, like... Jimmy Butler isn't afraid to do the dirty work. And I think that's what sets him apart from a lot of the, a lot more of the other stars where they want to do, you know, they're entitled and they'll take that time off. And, you know, some some of them look at defense as, like, so certain players like James Harden, you may look at him and sometimes they take defense as, you know, as a choice. Time to rest and, you know, catch their breath. And as long as they're doing their assignments, that's all that matters to them. They'll just watch their one guy and that's it. As long as he doesn't score, that's okay. Whereas Jimmy Butler is active. And he will happily he win. He doesn't care how. He just wants to win. And I think that grit, like, and I think it's been repetitive. And you know, like, the amount of praise they've got for Jim Butler has just been consistent. Like, he's that player that you want on your team. Because you find a way to win somewhere or another. Mm-hmm. And it it puts into perspective, like everyone saying he was a problem player. Was he really a problem player, or were they problem franchises? I think, because if you look at Philly now, if you look at Minnesota now, if you look at I, Chicago now. I think if you're honest about it, um, the Chicago thing, you know, was unfortunate. Uh, the Minnesota team were a bunch of young players who were told they were, they were going to be great. And, you know, they should really be where teams like Dallas are, where teams like Utah are, where teams like, like they should be there. Like, yeah. they, know, they had enough talent between them where but they didn't have the grit and that determination. And you put someone like Jim Butler in there and he was wanting more and he was wanting someone to fight for him. Like he, he's willing to fight as long as you fight back for him and they weren't showing mm-hmm. that. So that's right. why I come across as bad attitude. In Philadelphia, like it was very clear that the players loved Jimmy Butler. Oh yeah, it was. JJ, Embiid. Like JJ Redick, Embiid, <laughs> even Simmons. Like there was, there was no players that really, even Tobias, like no one came out and said, oh, Jim Butler was a bad teammate. Everyone came out and actually Everyone's spoke very highly. the opposite. They spoke very highly of him because they could see his will to win and wanting to. But the coach, however, Brett Brown. And that's things, really so, like him. And that's things, so obviously they lost, you know, to that, 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 that Kawhi shot. Which eliminated mm. them, and obviously they. Um, at that point, you'd really want to rebuild and set up again and go again, and you'd want to make Jim Butler you set a piece and say, "Okay, like you know, please sign, do this, whatever." But instead, they tried to say, "Well, can he be controlled?" Like, and that probably speaks more to the Philly culture of they wanted, you know, people who fit that mold, and you know, they wanted everyone who just say the right thing and smile and say yes and go along with Brett Brown and do everything and. That wasn't Jimmy Butler, so he said, let me take a risk and go somewhere else. And if you're the Heat, you're like, this pits perfectly. And now when you look at your fact, you're in a conference finals, you've knocked out the number one seed, you know, you beat the Pacers, you've got the... Was it nice? Is it now the joint, joint best playoff record? 
think Lakers think... T above ten and two. Yeah. So both, yeah, but this is in terms of their franchise. This is the best franchise postseason record. They got off to their the best franchise franchise postseason record in history. This, and when you look at that, week. look at what Miami have, and you know, it's great players, great players in a great system. But it's not, you know, in the era of you needing two stars to win a championship or doing this, like well, arguably Miami does have two stars. But in in terms of like. Or more. Everyone's, everyone's bought in, and the team have the synergy where they look better. It's like when you look at them individually, you might say, oh, "Well, like he's better than that," or whatever. Like you look at Boston and Miami, you might look at the matchup and say, "Well, surely Boston should win." Boston that. Boston has more talent, which when is yeah. When it's on the court, and you're seeing the game fourth quarter, and the fact that he won't die no matter what, and it's starting to press, and like the fact that they can control the pace, and you know you're getting points from all over the teams. Mm-hmm. It's really great to watch. It's great basketball. It's great coaching. It's the whole system that works. And Go I think in each of these matchups, in each series, it's been like, oh, can they beat the Pacers? Maybe. And then they've gone out and overperformed. Can they beat the Bucks? Most people are saying no. And then they've gone out and performed. Even against Boston, like, even in game, even in game three, it was a couple plays here or there. And Miami could be up 3-0. Oh. Oh, 100%. And it's, so, I mean, this game four is going to be important because I think if you're the Heat, you really want to get, you really want to get that win, and you want to get that three one up. You don't let them get. You don't let them, You don't let a good Celtics team build momentum. You don't want to let them back into the series. You want to capitalize on that. Take the take game four, and then every game Boston play is an elimination game, and then you can really, you know, push on and get to that finals. And you know, it is. It as, is. as this team like. Whether you are like whoever you are for the West, if you look at the Heat, it's a problem. Like it's a problem. It's, it's going to be a. But, but but speaking speaking of teams having a three-one lead. Oh God. <laughs> so last week on the podcast, Avian, we were at the point where the Clippers were three-two ahead. They had previously been at a three-one, three-one, and we said we said the Clippers should win. On paper, they should win. But if they were to lose game six, they would have a tough time winning game seven. Yep. yep. And that was an hour before game six. That was an hour before game six. They lost game six after blowing another lead. Yeah. And then in game seven, where they were just blown out in the last... Oh, the last okay. Quarter. In the last oh, podcast, God. I said, and I quote, if you are relying on Paul George in a game seven to shoot you out of trouble, you are in trouble. No, they weren't relying on anyone. They were just throwing things no, at no. the rim well, said, and it was I just said, coming I out. I said, if you're the Clippers and you, and I was like, that was things we spoke about this. And I said that the Clippers should win. And then we looked at things and I even said, look, you the, should have. I said, I said, if they don't win game six, because you're too busy looking at the Lakers and you have to go to a game seven where anything can happen. And Kawhi might have that off night. What you don't want to do is look to Paul George and say, please get me buckets. Kawhi had his off night. They looked at Paul George and said, please get us buckets. And he said, here's a brick. Here's a miss. He hit the side of the backboard. Ball game. <laughs> Love that ad. Uh, playoff fee is amazing. Oh, no. But Kawhi didn't, Kawhi didn't show up. Paul George didn't show up. Lou Williams didn't show up. Lou Williams played so badly that, that Doc 
put on Reggie Jackson first in the second half rather than Lou Williams. That's how bad Lou Williams was playing. Montrez played bad. Montrez's stock has got. Montrez is a free agent this year. This year, and his stock has gone down. Well, um. I think what's really to blame here is the fact that they took Lubel's sixth man from him because clearly he's not been the same since. Like, I know he was okay with Tres having it, but I'm sure... Oh, that... I want to blame the wings. In he clearly mind. just wants to go back to Magic City. Clearly, and I think... Okay, so... Not... You know what? It just puts into perspective how much the Clippers team just did okay. not want to be in the bubble. First, well, I think... Yeah, they didn't want to, a lot of them didn't want to be there in the first place. And yeah. also, they wanted to go out in the middle of it anyway... But yeah, go on, sorry. Okay, so, for, okay, I want to get more into the Clippers thing. But first, I just want to... I think not enough credit was played on Denver. Denver, the fight back they showed in Game 5 and Game 6 was, yeah, was incredible. Like, right. Came back from almost two twenty point almost two twenty point like, deficits. Mm-hmm. And then in Game 7, when they had to do it, Jokic ate. And obviously, Jokic, you know, he had a good time because the Clippers, Clippers bigs, you know, not too much, like... Trez really couldn't stop him doing anything. Yeah. And yeah. then Jamal Murray, you know, he had his great game in um, game seven where they basically just let him shoot and he was like, okay, then I will, and dropped his points. And then the mm-hmm. Denver team themselves, they basically said, what's the point? Like, they had nothing to lose. They're a great, they're a great team. They're nothing to lose. But I think everyone who looked at the, the matchup said the Clippers should win that. Oh, everyone should. And honestly, they probably should have. But should that's have. the problem. But, that was the problem with the Clippers. That's the, and I'll... this is what's good about the Nuggets is the Nuggets have chemistry. They played together all season. Last season, when they lost at the same hurdle, I think, when they lost to Portland, and they could have made the conference finals here. Um, yeah. Went back to the drawing board and they learned and they got better. Mike Malone is a great coach. Uh, he's mo- one of the most quotable coaches. I love him. Um, but, you know, they went back to the drawing board and, you know, they played the game their way. The- right, so the Nuggets, Davian, they were 29th in pace, but they were 5th in offensive rating during the season. You know what that means? Slow move. They are a half. They're a slow half-court team. Yeah. And that's playoff basketball. And the Clippers aren't that. They were very high in offensive rating and pace, and they just weren't ready for playoff basketball because they weren't very well they, uh, accurate together. They made Jokic look like a world beer, like because he was able to play slow and it was mm-hmm. able to really stop him. He was just doing his like, like just, the amount of just in the paint, like shots was amazing. Like in game six, so when I was watching game six, that's when I realized. Mm-hmm. I realized I thought it was going to be. We talked about it. When I thought it'd be an issue, but in game six, when I was watching, the Clippers had got up, and then mm-hmm. in the second half, they were literally just allowing layups and just they were letting people run through. And I was like, okay, that's a bit weird. But I was like, you know, they're still up, you know. And I was like, when they get back to you know, I was like, if, even though Denver on a run, I was like, it's Clippers. They'll stop them, you know, because you know these are meant to be the this is meant to be the defensive team. This is meant to be the team. But you know, agree. But it's clear that they lost the identity they had last year, because last year they were the they were underdogs, and they fought like this that. year they were the favorites. But last year they were underdogs and they fought like that. So what was what was last year? They got knocked out by Golden State, but wasn't it four two? Yeah, four two in so, the first round. I think. And that's the four. That's four two to you know the Golden State. To, like that was 
that's what, and that thing is that's the reason why people believe it. Almost, almost like Dallas was this year. Almost okay. essentially kind of so, like that. So this is where people believed that if you added Kawhi and you added Paul George to a team that could already push a really like I mean I know that Golden State were dealing with some injuries, but it was still a good team. It was just coming to the end of their run. They were like, if you could push that team to six, then you add these two superstars, you should be the best team in the NBA. And people and on paper, they were. The problem is they only they were only good and performed on paper. Throughout the whole season, they only showed up for Lakers games. They beat them. They beat Lakers on the opening day. But the Lakers did have a lead. They just do that away. And as a Lakers team, that even after the game, were like, you know, we're still working things out. You know, it was the first proper game. They beat the Lakers on Christmas Day. In between there, they had a lot of losses where it was blamed on the fact that you know it's just because Kawhi was load managing, so that didn't matter. Then you know, as it came up to more you know important games, they started to lose, but they were like, no, it doesn't matter because you know when they get to the playoffs, we'll turn it on. Then they played Dallas, and it was like there were moments where you were like, bit shaky, bit shaky there. There were, there were moments where you're like, this team isn't like, even with side of the bubble, like they, this team are okay, but we're like, when the playoffs come, that's when they'll switch it on. Then they played Dallas, and you're like, I mean, Doncic is running you guys, but you know, they were able to get pushed through that. And you know, obviously, they made they were quite fortunate that KP was injured a lot. Um, they were. But they they pushed through that and were like, okay, well now you're now you're going. This is this is the right time to you know get your momentum. And obviously in that game where they blew Dallas out after the Doncic shot, everyone was like, well this is the Clippers, you know this is what they do. And then they came up to this Denver team. They got three one up, and all they had to do, and even in the even game, game, five, game game six, you got the lead. But instead of you know pushing through, they slacked off and just you know they kind of rested on the laurels and they kind of. They let them get back into the game, and then they were like, "Oh!" And they didn't have that to push on. Like you could mm-hmm. see, whenever the times got tough, like that's when you expected. Everyone expected when the times got tough for the Clippers that that would be when they push back, and you know that's when you see the dogs, and that's the dogs that everyone's been talking about all season, and you know the grittiness, and you know their depth, and everyone, you know, it's a it's basically a roster built to you know be in the playoffs. You've got you got players who were just there, you know. Defensively minded, you got two way play, like you've got everything that you want. But when it came to this Denver team, you instantly saw the difference. And like, in the, between a team that play every game and they know how to, every the, this team who play most of the regular season games, this team who know how each other work, the chemistry was there, the late game coaching was better, like they knew what to do. Like, it was a team that went to fight for each other. The Clippers looked around and they looked like they were waiting for someone else to do it. Well, that's the thing. So, offensively, the Clippers, they have no identity. They have no identity. There's no, like, you know, Houston has small ball. You have uh, uh, Miami with the handoffs. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. The Clippers don't have an identity. They play isolation ball. Their uh-huh. philosophy is give the boy to, ball to Kawhi or Paul George and then isolate. That's their philosophy. And when that doesn't work, and then when Lou Williams isn't playing well or Montrez isn't hitting his shots, there's nothing that they can do. Doc didn't make any adjustments. No. I don't even think he could because they had no time where they played together as a team. Like, I'm, you know, I'm glad they lost because that means that they're going to come back better next season. But what are they going to look like? Is Doc still going to be? The, what do you think? What do you think? Um, 
so just to put on a point, like I feel like he's gonna get fired. I feel like there have been reports that um, Kawhi was upset with Duck Rivers, but I think those reports are overblown. I think the everyone, I think everyone really knows Duck Rivers, and I feel like, I mean, I know that he um, has the most three one losses and you know all that stuff, but realistically, I think the difference in the Clippers next season is going to be the fact that they know that they only have one more guaranteed year. I feel like this year, next year, they're going to have to play every game. They're going to have to play. Like, unless you're actually injured, you're going to have to play. There's going to be no more. You Like, I think for a lot of these players, it's going to be a quite embarrassing moment for them because I think some of their people's heads were already in the Lakers. Well, a lot of them were already in the Lakers series because you have a team that was built with three coaches who could all be head coaches. You've got a team built with you know, Kawhi, Paul George, and then you got Lou Will, Patrick Beverly, like Trez, then you even acquired more players. Like they bought Marcus, they traded for Marcus Morris and brought him in. They've got all this. Like they need to learn basically the only way they it's the same thing with Golden State. When Golden State lost 3-1 to the Cavs, it was a shocking and embarrassing moment. And obviously, you know, I know they bought KD in and you know that was their way of, you know, pushing forward, but they still they made a point of it that they had to win that finals next year. Like, they do. They you had do. to come back and you had to win that. And I think, I mean, Tre- as you said, Trez's stock has dropped because, you know, this was, you know, his big chance to perform and obviously, you know, he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. I think, I think a lot of, I mean, I don't know. I didn't think Paul George's stock could drop more than when um, Lillard dropped a half-court bomb on him and then said, go home, and then said, you know, bye-bye, and then he had to come out and say a bad shot. But his whole, this whole, his whole playoff run has been shit. Like, we were laughing at him in that, we were laughing at him against Dallas for those shooting performances. Mm-hmm. In this game, with him and Kawhi combined for two points in the second half, something like that, with getting 24 points between the two of them and these meant to be stars. Like, this team, I mean, the way they lost is not great. But I think for the Clippers, if they're ever going to make this conference final, next they're going to have to, like, this is going to be the year where they have to say, well, look, that happened. What can we learn from it? Can we actually, like, and rechange the mentality in that team? Because the talent's there. Mm-hmm. The coaching's there. It's just the mentality. Like, Mark Morris said himself, we felt like we were the best team on paper. And I feel like that's why we weren't winning because, you know, we were trying to win games on paper. Like, we just want basically they wanted teams that would just roll over when they got twenty they points. Relied, they, relied, they relied on talent, and they didn't rely. You know, they relied on talent. Talent, talent doesn't beat hard work when and hard hard work beats talent. Hard work hard beats talent when talent won't work. When talent won't work hard. Yeah. Right. Um, but the thing is, I think another quote that you can mention is Paul George saying it wasn't a it wasn't a championship or bust season. It was. You literally said okay. to Kevin Hart okay. earlier that okay. it, you had to win okay. the championship. And also, and also, when when you acquire, when you lose this many picks to acquire yourself, Paul George, and you end up signing a guy who came from a championship team. And you have this, and you keep talking about how you're the best team in the league. How is it not a championship? Or bust? he had an in, he had them the, that quote where he said, "This is me and Kawhi. We get our shots. We start people making shots. 
It was played throughout the whole playoffs where he was basically saying, we are the best two. We're like, you can't stop us scoring and we will stop you scoring. How do you stop us? That was played throughout the whole thing. When he, Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard had three selections of teams. He could either gone to, he could have stayed at Toronto, gone to the Lakers or gone to the Clippers. It was quiet throughout the whole of that free agency. Remember, we were all waiting. We didn't know what decision was going to be made. His whole camp was quiet. Kawhi went to the Clippers. He had a bunch of demands he wanted, which he got. But he also said he wanted Paul George. Yeah. And obviously, he went... Paul George left before Westbrook did. We yeah. had no idea. We, so I was really concerned that OKC were just going to stick with them two, and that was it. We had no idea of how much the trade would change things. Kawhi asked for Paul George because he believed that Paul George would be the thing that helps him take the Clippers and win championships. Paul George joined... And the Clippers gave up how many first round picks? Like is it load, five, load. yeah, something like that. And shake so just Alexander. Five and 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 shake and SGA. Like five picks. That that is a that is a team that are saying we. It's the same thing. It's basically they're, reverse. They're, to, they're, the Brooklyn Nets. What a, they did. Yeah, it's a reverse of Toronto for me. It's Toronto. You know, said okay, we'll give up the Rose and we'll take Kawhi. And we, we we don't know if he's going to stay, but we've got one chance to win in this year. Clippers said, well, we'll trade our future away to win right now because we've never been to the conference finals and we want to win right now so Kawhi and Paul George can do that because the alternative was Kawhi going to the Lakers and if Kawhi, AD and LeBron were a thing, that was, they had no chance there. So yeah. they made that choice and it's okay, and they made that choice but you can't say it wasn't a championship or bust season. When you lose when you spent the whole time while you were confident you were going to win, saying it's, it's a championship this year, this is our yeah. championship year, but you can't then flip-flop and then try and pretend that we don't see it. We see it. Mm-hmm. You call we, yourself, see you. We, see you. We, you. we saw those misses. We, also, saw that, like, we saw that hit off the backboard. Not only yeah. was it a championship football season, these guys look stupid. Patrick Beverly, um, Paul George, all, oh, they were clowning Lerd. Oh, they were wet. He missed a free throw and they were laughing. And he was like, Oh, I see what it is, you know, I'm such a great player. But you know, Lily came out and said, I'm such a good player, like I'm such a player that when I miss, you know, they're not expecting it. And you know, there was a whole argument. They literally Patrick Beverly came out and said, Well, you know, Cancun on three, because you know, you guys are going home. Even when Dame Lillard called Paul George and he said, Oh, you you're a team hopper, you know, just trying to get that ring. And Paul George said, you know, well, enjoy leaving the playoffs. That is not the talk from someone who's like Oh, this was not a champ. Oh, not a championship football season. It's just that they got too complacent. They, they did. thought they, they thought did. They, were, they thought they were going to walk to the conference finals, and then they thought that they had the Play game the plan best. to beat LeBron, and then they were like, "Well, we'll just go to the finals and we'll just beat you in the East, and it's our championship year." When what happened is you came up against a Denver team who just come off a three-one. Right, hold up, hold up. They struggled against a Dallas team who was led by uh, last year's Rookie of the Year and a second-year player. Second-year player and Seth Curry, and they struggled. They did struggle, and then and then they and then they lose a three-one lead against the Denver. With, I think it's not just a three-one lead; it's a three-one lead with the two huge leads. And that makes Doc Rivers the, the coach with the most three-one leads blown. Yeah. So uh, I think and he's when, also, I think he has a I think he's tied with the top playoff. Losses with Pat Riley. Yeah, I think when you look at um, so when you look at that, a lot of the things over the season pointed towards this. So a lot of things in the regular season, even but in the Dallas series, 
Hearing Doc Rivers talk about the fact that he was struggling to mentally engage his players and emotionally get them to, you know, because one of the losses he was like, he's trying to motivate his players, but they just seem emotionally and, you know, checked out. And I was like, when I heard that, I was like, I mean, originally when I heard that, I thought, you guys just wait for the Lakers. You're waiting for the Lakers. You're, you're checked out until you get the Lakers. And when they were three up against them, I was like, well, okay, you've done, you've, I was like, you're one away from getting to that where you want to be. Because my thought on my original thought when I was going to play us was what happens if the Lakers get knocked out early and you get like rockets in the final, in the conference finals, and you know, you were so game planned for um, the Lakers that you end up messing up. But then when I saw Denver start to come back, I was like, they're doing it now. They're <laughs> like, they're, and the problem is that Doc's going to hold a lot sorry, of. He's not, he's not, he's not most playoff losses, sorry. But. His playoff record is just above fifty percent. So, but if you're if you're Doc, you're gonna hold a lot of you know criticism, and you know it's fair enough. You are the coach. You know this is what's gonna happen. But those players who like those players who need to step up, like when Kawhi does an interview and says that he one of his biggest issues with this with the game was that you know he basically said his team lack IQ. Um, his players don't know what to do when. Um, the shots aren't falling on where to be. Like, they're lacking positioning. They need to be smarter. They need to know what... It just sounds like we didn't have a plan B. We didn't have a contingency plan. It feels like the Clippers' only contingency plan was, oh, we're not doing well, let's get the ball to Kawhi and he'll get us out of it. And on the rare time that Kawhi couldn't get you out of it, there was no one else to say, well, let's do this. The defence wasn't anywhere near advertised. Nope. Uh, it was no a lot of, like, it was... Like when you re when you really look at it, like I feel like the team of dogs, that nickname that they didn't they never earned that. It was given to them and they didn't deserve it. Because you look at teams like Miami and you look at them and you really say, Well, that's a team right there full of dogs who are fighting and, you know, hustling. Like that's a team you look at and you go, Okay. Like Denver had nothing to lose. They were three one down against Utah and came back. They were three one down against Clippers and they were the underdogs. They had nothing to lose. When they were 16 on down and then 19 down, as a team, they could look at each other and say, well, what's the worst that can happen? If we lose, we lose. And they went out there and performed what they needed to do. Their coach said, do this, and they did it. They got Jokic. They looked at Jokic, got the ball. He was able to bully them, slow the pace down, and get through. And then in the game seven, they... Like, game seven, the second it wasn't a, a, a high lead, a half time. It kind of... The writing was on the wall. And then when you come out and you see misses and like it I just feel like this whole season has been built around the idea that we were gonna we were guaranteed to have Clippers Lakers in the conference finals. But we didn't. Like it's been based around that for the whole time, like the whole regular season. They played on the opening day, we've got here, but when it got to that important point, the Lakers were able to put away the Rockets. <laughs> this Clippers team. They, yeah. And I don't know if it's the Clippers curse or whatever, but it was just it's really funny to watch all these analysts who were so sure and the 70% of people who were 100% sure the Clippers were winning and 20% sure the Bucks were going to be winning. And these two teams aren't even, like, not even in the conference finals. <laughs> and it's just a bit of that that's just like, there you go. Like, 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 as we've said many times, like, a lot of the times it comes down to these matchups. And when this team couldn't stop Jokic, I think they realised they had a problem. And I feel like, Instead of stepping up, they hoped that someone else would do it. And that led yeah, Jokic to the problem. Like, Jokic just right. snowballed him. 
Yes, and we can talk about this until the cows come home, and we can say keep saying the same thing over and over again. But they didn't get through; they lost, and we can talk forever about how they lost. Honestly, I but could. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about the guys who won, Denver, and how they're now playing against the Los Angeles Lakers. Now they have two games in. Uh, they played one game last night, and Lakers are two. Nothing up. That game one, Denver were just outplayed, outgunned. They were absolutely wrecked by Anthony Davis. Game two, however, a lot closer. A lot closer. And if I was the Lakers, I wouldn't feel as good as I probably am feeling. I think think, think, think two games. I think game one. They... They won on a game winner yeah. by AD, who I shouted th- Kobe after yeah. the fact. So I think, and you look at game one and game two. So game one, you're coming up against a Denver team who just won the seven, and then the game was the Lakers was in their form. You know, they were hitting their shots. It was perfect. It was all right. Oh yeah, that had a lot of rest. Rondo too. and LeBron, you know, getting their assists. Game two, uh-huh. um, as many people have said, like this was going to be the game where. Denver, we're going to change things, look at different things, and you know, this will be, this will be where you see the team that you're going to face for the rest of the series. And obviously, Lakers did get up to that lead. LeBron came out early, um, scored a lot of points in the first half. They were doing well. Like, um, I think the Lakers' bigs match up against Jokic, it works well for them. But that end of the game, uh, yeah, Jokic went on a personal 9 0 run, that, but that end they, of the game was. One point seconds left. The end of the game was Jokic versus Davis. I think Jokic hit the last twelve points for Denver. AD hit the last ten points for the Lakers. It was just them two dueling, which was really fun to watch. And um, obviously, AD did hit that three point game winner. Which the the way that happened was mm-hmm. it was a it was a lapse of Denver defense, but at the worst possible time. Because that, yeah, was. that play was called for LeBron. And Plumlee had, you know, AD was, AD was upset that he let Joker, Joker hit his um, float away with the, with his stronger hand. And, you know, Rondo had told mm. him to, you know, you can get it back. But AD literally just ran around and Plumlee tried to call a switch, but there was no screen. But then he still could have moved because he wasn't being screened. But... They double team LeBron and left AD open and yeah. Well, credit credit to Jokic. He got he tried to get there. It wasn't even his man, and he tried to get there. Yeah, he did. So he was he was marking the inbounder, and then as it was going, he tried to get there, and he got he almost got there. But you know, he hit that almost shot in his face. There. But um, but the real keys to the game, I think, were Nuggets could have gotten away. You know, they they were this close. Yeah. But that you know they turned over the ball twenty one times, which led to fifteen points for the Lakers. Uh, Lakers also pulled down 13 offensive boards, leading to 16-second chance that points. Is, that is a big thing, actually, because um, that last play, um, if you're Denver, that you're pissed off because you should never have let the inbound happen because once Caruso took that shot from the top of the key and missed, mm-hmm. as a team, you need to grab that rebound because, because they let Danny Green get the rebound and that's what led to the block, which led to the inbound. If Denver get that rebound. That's that game's done. And it's those small things. It was the small advantages they had. Like like Lakers being ninety four point seven percent from the three throw, Denver being seventy five percent. Like 
Lakers were playing well, but how long can the Lakers could sustain this? Um, I feel like Nuggets might get one or two games. They might get one or two. But I can see them getting one or two. The problem is, do we see them going down 3-1 again and then making another comeback? I mean, they got Denver, Denver are never going to give up. But if you're the Lakers... That, you're... If you're, Denver are going to be 3-1 down and they're going to be like, yeah, and we've got yeah, great so, success at so, this point. So Denver will have no fear about being down. And if you're the Lakers, you can look at what they've done before and say, we won't make the same mistakes. So if you go 3-1 up, you can't play the next game soft. You'd have to go to that game. Like, we need to get you, we need to get rid of you now. Like, you, what you don't want them to do is build up momentum because when they build up momentum, they become dangerous. The problem they have is, obviously, Lakers have the better, Lakers have better bigs than Clippers in terms of, you know, they can throw Dwight on, um, they can throw Dwight on Jokic, they can throw Javel on Jokic, and then they, those guys know that they can do that consistently because come the fourth quarter, near the end of it, AD will move to center, and then he'll take Jokic for the last bit. So they're set up. Lakers are set up to, you know, if they execute their game plans well, they can deal with Denver. And, you know, it's a tough matchup for Denver. But if you're the Lakers, you want to put this... Like, if you're Lakers, you want this done in four. Like, you don't want to even give them a chance to even... No, you, like, you don't, don't want to give them any, like, any no, no chance. Confidence. Because, you know, the second they build momentum, that's when you'll start seeing... You know, their players hitting shots. You don't want Michael Porter Jr. hitting. You don't want Jamal Murray hitting. hitting. Michael, Porter, Michael Porter Jr. started hitting. He I know, started and, hitting. And that, that, that started to look dangerous when he started to hit. And then suddenly Denver... He was 6 for 9 for shooting. Exactly. And that's what you don't want. You don't want to let... That's why you want to put these guys away as quick as possible. Because if he gets to, if he gets to 3-1 and then they win that game 5... If the Nuggets have won this game, we'd be look, we'd be th- seeing this series in a different light. I think this series is a lot closer than what people are making out. I think the problem with the game first game was that the Lakers did well at getting Murray and Jokic into foul trouble really early. Um, so they uh-huh. shot on. So instantly, then they took away any chance Jokic had to defend. So AD could just walk through and hit his shots. Um, I think what's quite interesting is how, the way LeBron and AD are. Um, I think it's just the way LeBron and AD are working off each other in terms of like LeBron came out in that first half and was hitting his shots, and then the second half he kind of let step back and let AD take his shots. Like these two mm-hmm. are kind of working in a tandem where they kind of like go and then the other one stops and then go and the other one stops. I'm quite interested to see if there's a point where these two both just say, "Well, let's try and like, just rain the buckets on them." I think it's it's even interesting the fact that like on that last play, Denver was so sure that ball was going to LeBron. Yeah, I mean, but, if I were Denver, I'd be sure. And the thing is, um, AD hitting a three isn't exactly the. And kind the thing of is, AD. So, imagine. when you talk about you know, you know the Clippers, whatever you know, you talk about like not playing enough. AD had that exact in, inbound opportunity against Brooklyn, where it was in the exact same spot to win the game, and he missed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you, when you practice these things and go over them, you know this is the moment where he got to redeem himself for that, hit that shot, win the game, get to run off shot, getting Kobe. He need that poor. Um, he needs someone. He needs someone in the chest, and I felt sorry for them because it looked painful. Um, like literally, just he as he jumped in to celebrate, knocked someone down. They would just would slide in. Um, mm-hmm. The Lakers. I can't remember the Lakers rookie's name, but. Um, it's like this is gonna be like I feel like if you're Denver, you you 
you look at his performance, you say, we're not outclassed or, you know, we can still beat this team. Like, it's going to take a lot from them and it's going to take everyone to work as a team, but they've done this in two series in a row. Like, they have. I, I would not be shocked to see like, them. End basically, up you can series. never count Denver out. No. Yeah, and, this is the conference finals. If you're counting any team out at this point, you're done for. I'm trying to think about who that last count out. Whoever Cleveland played. <laughs> well, they never played Toronto in a conference final, so. Look, it's because they never got there. <laughs> yeah, they haven't. But now, um, I think. I think game three is gonna be fun because obviously it's game three. It's, it's Lakers Nuggets next, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I think so. It's tomorrow. Yeah, it's Lakers Nuggets tomorrow. Yeah, Lakers so, Nuggets tomorrow, and then Miami and Boston have another game four. So I think it's gonna be game quite four. the next couple of days are gonna be quite interesting because you can either end up having Miami three one up against Boston or they're two two or two two or you can have Lakers three nil or two one. Two two one. So yeah. it's like it's, it's like, the beginning of a series. This is like one win can swing momentum, and, and one is, win can change the whole landscape. Think, what, what, another thing that um, I think has been is a lot of people are forgetting that you know, like a two nil isn't that unusual. Like no, because with one win, you play home you're court. only one away from tying it. But if you weren't in the bubble, all the oh, Lakers yeah. would have done is won their two home games. Yeah, and then they'd have to. That's all they would have done. Like it's not, it's not that unusual to be two nil, like, and that's why in no, these game three, game four, this is this is oh, this, bubble, is, a, this is an unusual you situation. Don't have that. You don't have hey, that. Hey, hey, they they paint the court differently and do that. Now, nah, but I'm saying like, that, so what I'm saying is, would like, have Miami have won those two first two games? In Boston, they would have been a yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it is an unusual situation. What I'm saying is, it's not. When, people, when you say 2 0, it's not, oh, that's it, the game's it's completely done, the series is over. It's it's not, it's actually quite a common situation. It's just that, you know, with this different setup, although, you know, the Denver do get their own, you know, LEDs the next game, which might, you know, <laughs> push them a little further. Yeah, yeah, might, might, you know, it might add to that. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it's like, so, like, Denver, if Denver win game three, suddenly you look at it and you go, oh, shit, it's 2 1, and then, you know, like every one of these games is gonna be its own thing. Like it's not, and it's especially with Denver. They've done well. To, like every time they've lost, they've done well to shake it off and be like, "Well, the next game's a new game." Like we're still in the series until we're out of it. Mm. I, I mean, I want Miami to win Game Four because I don't want because as much as I, as much as I think it may go to six or seven, I, I mean, I don't want that personally. I love I love for it to be a four-one just... done, but. I don't care as long as Miami wins the series and then, I, uh, you know, the finals is just going to be great. I really want a LeBron versus Miami matchup. I think that would be great. I think that would be that'd just be great. I feel like I wouldn't be able to handle Skip Bayless' flip-flopping and changing to Miami. I like it would hurt me emotionally. I'm just yeah. I, I don't know, man. Ever since he supported Boston, Miami are win one. So, I mean, supported Brian, Miami's... He's a bad luck charm. It is. He is. He needs to leave. He needs to go away. He needed to switch to Boston and be like, "Now they're the real deal." And then that we can... Yeah, it's not. But yeah, I mean, I mean, in other news as well. Mike Dantoni's with Mike Dantoni's left. That was a. Oh, that's a, that's oh a, yeah. That's a, that's a thing that happened right after we finished our last podcast. Oh, 
We made another list, didn't we, for this week? I didn't make mine, so I'm I just didn't gonna make go... mine either. <laughs> okay, sweet. We can wait. We can save that for next week then. Because I forgot. Uh, I forgot to. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's been a busy week. It's been a fun week. I got I got two into the Clipper clowning. So yeah, I think I think you know a lot of my life has suffered from me just like like from once I woke up and saw the Clippers score and then watched the Clippers game. I think. That whole time period has just been me in a different world. Like I'm gonna wake mm. up and the Clippers are gonna actually have won because there's no way the Clippers could have lost, yeah. right? I remember watching that because I just I'd just been off the hype of game one of Miami and Boston, which was a phenomenal game. Brilliant game. I was and I was hyped because Miami won in the last minute. So I was like, yeah, and Bam Blog. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So good. And then I was like, I started watching that game. It was already because obviously Miami and Boston went into OT. So they had already started in the first quarter. So I was like, okay. All right. Cool. 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 Uh, <laughs> and I started watching the game and it got to about halftime. And like the Clippers were obviously ahead. And I was like, all right, so this is probably going to be it, but I'm going to stay awake anyway, just in case. And I was not disappointed because I, as soon as it happened, I sent you a message. Going, <laughs> so, yeah, see, what happened is I woke up, saw that message, of, ha, ha, and went, oh, he's just really happy that Miami won. I was like, what? I was like, what a great and committed fan to be so happy that, oh, no. <laughs> just like, I was like, Oh no, he's not laughing at that, is he? And I check the score. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> then, I mean, Miami did win, but couple I mean, that with I'm what? The thing that... is, the thing is, let's be real. For me, like we clowned playoff playoff against Dallas for those performances yeah. and the bricks yeah. and all that. And then you know we even yeah. got some Russell Westbrook like slander because he was throwing up bricks. But for oh, Paul yeah. George to throw the hit off the side of the backboard. <laughs> Thank you. Game. Like that means that there's still gonna be, there's memes for the next year because unless, uh, until he gets back to the until he gets to a finals, every like basically until playoff B finally achieves his final form, then all I'm gonna do is just finals form. Yeah, <laughs> it's because... my favorite. I, I keep mentioning it, but it, you know his Gatorade ad where he's like ball game and shot takes yeah. a shot. Have you seen the um the edit but, where it's just that shot and it's, it's it says ball game and it's a sideboard. It's, it's a sideboard. How bad do you oh my god. Yeah. Everyone was missing. I was watching that and I was like So Oh god, think, everyone's missing. So this is sad. Yeah, it I got, so the second half of game seven, Kawhi hit two points, Paul George hit three. Um Kawhi was one for eleven, Paul George was one for seven. Um, Kawhi was zero for four from three. Um, Paul George was one for six from three, and they both had no three throws and no attempts. Kawhi uh, was pretty. It was pretty quiet throughout the season. Pretty quiet throughout the playoffs. The one thing that he did, the one thing, is that New Balance commercial where he's a. I'm the king of LA. Uh, it was definitely a shot of LeBron. Of like course it everywhere. Was. Everywhere you look, he says, I'm the king, holding the crown. He said, something. LA is my city. Like, he said, I'm, it's our city. turn. Oh, no, it's not, it's not, it's not, um, it's not Championship of uh, Boston, but it's also our time. How do you work? What, what? 
Uh, but he didn't say championship or bust. I 100% think Kawhi was like, yeah, this is no, I think, I think if you're, if you're Kawhi, Kawhi was like, Kawhi was just looking around like, what? You man are not what I thought you were. <laughs> just like, who, who are you, George Paul? <laughs> don't, don't, that's a skip Bayless thing. <laughs> That's so dumb. Why do I call him George? Yes, George Paul. Like it doesn't matter. He also he also then fully believed in it, and that made me happy. But I think um, I just it's that and it's that advert where they talk about and he's literally like, we make up, we get shots, and we stop shots. Like, how do you stop us when we make our own shots? And then I'm just there like, uh, one for eleven, one for seven. Um, five points combined in a game seven. Um, <laughs> how, what, what shots are you making? What shots are these again? What shots? This is amazing. Compare that with the Dallas series, and Paul George really kept me going. Oh man, it's hilarious. One of my favorite players for the wrong reasons. Oh, I'm with you on that. I'm what? with you on that. <laughs> Just. Oh. Don't worry, don't worry, because it's a bad shot in it. This is it's literally two uh, years in a row. It's two it's two poor Georges in a row. Like, I can't believe this. I can't wait to see what happens next. He's, season. The, the, right. The Dame Lillard bad shot and then this. I poor George is my favourite player. PG thirteen. He's so quotable. I can't see I he's quotable for the wrong reasons. Uh, like he's ever since his injury he's not think, been the same. I think but... he's one of them guys who is very loud and obviously that just when it doesn't work out for him, that means that you know we have a lot of quotes that are like, "Well, I remember you said this." Yeah, ah, you kind of backfired on you there, didn't it? And uh, I was going to stay in OKC. And this yeah, is, like, and this is why great. you don't talk until after you've achieved. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like MJ, in which like case. LA. No, MJ never really talked until after he retrieved it. Well, he definitely elevated it after he oh, yeah, achieved but... anyway. Oh, you're allowed, oh, to George. El- you're allowed to elevate your shit talk once you've done it. That's. Yeah, yeah, you're doing it. Uh, you know, LeBron had to go. You know, LeBron had the same thing with Miami losing to Dallas. Yeah. So maybe next year the Clippers will actually, you know, come back and just be like, you know, this is what we need to do to win. Let's win. Like I know Kawhi has said that he wants to play more. You know, build up. Yeah. That's good. Are they going to keep Doc? I think they should keep. Doc. Oh no, they've got to keep Doc. You know, you know, it be it be remiss for yep. me to say it's an issue. Get rid of Doc. <laughs> The thing is, you're likely to lose Ty Lue this year. Likely, very likely. You're likely to lose Ty Lue this year. You're likely to use your other Sam, coach. Sam Cassell. Yeah, so Sam Cassell. Like, you're likely to Sam lose him Cassell. too. You realistically, you want Doc, and you know, you want to give him a whole season where you know he can use this as motivation and say, "Look, this is why we do this in October. Are we doing this?" Hire Dan Tony as a assistant. <laughs> Get him doing the. I gave you. I gave you side eye. You can't see me. I was like, "What are you?" I don't know. Oh no, Dan Tony might go to uh, Philly though. We'll be interested. Oh god, Ben Simmons is going to shoot fifty threes. <laughs> Please, God. No. And they also want to keep both Ben Simmons yeah, and MB. I think at this point, Philly are so invested in the. This was our process. It needs to work eventually. And they're just going to keep running Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid until. I'm pretty sure paying Tobias Harris and Al Horford that no, much money it was not part of the pro- was never. No, that wasn't the process. That, process. Wasn't, that wasn't the process at all. That was a different process. I don't like that process. I don't trust that one. I trust the first one. I think, yeah, it's by paying them that much and then being surprised when the next year when they don't do as well as you thought they would. And it's like, oh, come on, <laughs> like you had Jimmy Butler and he's tried and tested. Why would you? 
Do something. What, what? Who would you pick? Would you pick Tobias Harris or Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler. Literally, <laughs> literally. At the time it was happening, I was like, "What do you mean?" Because things I I like Philly. So when this was happening, and obviously I had no idea that if they're messing up, would need to go to the Heat. And I said that I'd be like, "No, that's Tobias Harris, and it used to tickle your choice." At the time, I was like, "No, no, you Butler. Why are you do both Butler first? And they were like, "No, no, Tobias Harris." I'm like. They were one shot away from potentially winning an NBA championship because they would have been the ones to meet Golden State. So, you know, they were that close. And... <laughs> uh, so basically just, they went from... No, they were that close because, you know, they would have had to take on Milwaukee, okay, yeah. sorry. And they could have... Well, actually, would they have beaten Milwaukee? I think, I think, they, would I think they would have. I mean... They would have they would have, I mean, they would have the same issues. But I, don't like, trust, I don't trust Brett Brown as a coach to I figure out Giannis. I don't trust Philly to do anything. <laughs> John Abino would probably popped his knees. The first team to really solve the Giannis issue. Yeah, I think... Miami did it this season. Miami, Miami built a wall. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. Miami did. basically it said, kind of, Miami basically said a day to let Eric Bledsoe shoot. Go on. These players have been amazing. But I think the Clippers losing is generally like, it's taking it out of from like, I think the Clippers losing Miami beating the books is taking it from like a normal playoffs to, no, this is a bubble playoffs. There we go. This is a... Uh, yeah, this, this is, is no, what I want. This is a no fans, no, no home court advantage bullshit. This is what I want to see. Like, mm, it's, it's all fun. I love this. I, year. Let, I love this. Let, let the best team win. Let's go instead of just you know one team closing to it. Let's let's fight for it. Which again is one reason why I feel like Miami might even win the whole thing because you know they 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 just want it more. I feel like them or the Lakers because you know it's a perfect thing for Kobe, but and also. I just want a Miami Lakers finals and I want it to be competitive. That's what I want. Yeah. Do I think it's going to happen? Um, yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> do I think it's going to happen? Yes, of course it is. My prediction. You're not here. Yes. I think, um, <laughs> for me, um, I'd love a Lakers-Miami final. Um, at the point where... Cause by, by, by this time next week when we come to record, the finals are most likely to be set. Oh, um, yeah. Well, we thought that like, like, last week when fucking... Hey, 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 hey. But, you know, I'm very happy about yeah. that, so it's good because poor George is playoff P it now. But um, I think once, uh, once, we'll have more of an idea of you know. Oh, well, I have a better idea. I think that preview to what the finals could be. One be... series, some series could be over by then. Well, it depends on what happens. In fact, the Lakers could be. Over. Well, yeah, Lakers and well, both of them could be depends, over. Depends what the Lakers. Well, Lakers could sweep. They still have potential to sweep, yeah. and Miami still in the next two games. Yeah, so, so realistically, we could either be at elimination games or it's already it's already been eliminated, which would be nice. I mean, um, it's a minimum of game five for the Eastern Conference and a minimum of game four. Uh, what's great is that we've got to the point where there's no point even asking for predictions because we both know what we want to happen. <laughs> like, no, well, yeah, what we want to happen is Miami and Lakers. <laughs> yeah, That's what much. I want to happen. Like either Miami win, I'm that, gassed, or Lakers win, because say it's for Kobe and I'm gassed. So it's like, yeah, sure, this is this is gas. This, just this, either this way, I'm just all like, gas. I'm hyped, and I want it to be a competitive series. I, I, want, I, don't wanna, I want a seven game series where want, Jimmy Butler and Bam take want, on LeBron. And I want big shots, AD. big moments. I want to see Caruso versus Hero, just because it'd be funny. <laughs> just I just want to oh see. Oh my god, go! 
the goat matchup. <laughs> I want to see. I like. I want the finals. To be sat, I want to be sat there, and I'm like, I want. I want to be at the point where I can't sleep because I'm like, I know I have work tomorrow. But if I miss a minute of this, I'm going to hate myself. So I will do work on three hours sleep because yeah, Terra might yeah, go hit three threes in a row and it might change the whole game. And if I miss that, I'm going to hate myself. I feel like whoever, oh yeah, oh you could get a Lakers Boston matchup, which would be you know. That could happen. Or you could get Denver in the finals. Yeah, you could. We could get Denver, Denver in the finals. Oh, that would be amazing. Bam versus Jokic. Oh, man. That would be so sweet. Well, like a Hoss battle. Murray versus no matter, up, no matter who ends up in the finals, it's going to be great. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, it should be Miami and the Lakers. I think, we, I, I think we've honestly probably got the four best basketball teams teams right now in the Final Four, which is nice. Yeah, I I agree. I I really agree. So it's got to the point where so, yeah. there's no, there's no we as fans you can't lose. You can't lose. You can't lose. Other than actually showing up to games, you've lost in that real. Uh, but... We're from the UK. Where are we going? I've got more chance of being in the virtual <laughs> fan thing. I know. I still haven't signed up to any of those. I wanted to, but yeah. Anyway, right. So I guess we should call it a night. Or day, or whenever this person is. Re- what? Whenever you're listening. Wherever you're listening. Us, us notches. Yes. Bye. Have fun. We'll see you again next week. Playoff P. <laughs> uh, okay, sweet. God bless Playoff P. God bless. Bless up. <laughs>